You're listening to the Peak Performance Podcast with Dr. Robert Barton. As a chiropractor for over 24 years and the founder of Peak Performance Spine and Sports Medicine, Dr. Barton is here to help you reach your personal peak performance by discussing topics that impact your long-term health. Let's do this. Welcome, everyone, back to the Peak Performance Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Robert Barton. Glad to have you with us. We have another very special guest today, Mr. Michael Gerstman, and I'd like to explain who he is and what he does first. One of the tenets of this podcast is to influence your health, and part of influencing your health is is having financial health. And Mr. Gerstman is a financial advisor with over 30 years of experience, and I have learned a lot from him from the time that I've spent with him in terms of strategies to mitigate risk in terms of, we have several businesses and Mr. Gerstmann identified an an area in one of my businesses, for example, that we're currently in a process of of mitigating. But I wanted to have a conversation with him this morning about the five most common mistakes that he sees that people make in their financial health that really influence your ability to live a long and happy life. Because financial stress is one of the biggest stressors that we can put on ourselves. And if we can have some foresight to mitigate those mistakes that people make, I really think that it can have a tremendous impact on our, on our health in general. So welcome, Mr. Gersman. I'm so happy to have you on. How are you? I'm well, Robert. Happy to be here. Thank you. So can you, and you're very welcome, uh, can you give us just a little bit of background of of where you come from and and your experience. And I know you have some very special credentials and I would love to hear a little bit about those so people understand who you are. I know who you are, but I need other people to understand who you are. Well, I've been in business now, as you said, over 30 years. We specialize in helping our clients achieve financial independence. So what I mean by financial independence is that we help our clients to develop cash flow scenarios where I'm not going to use the word retirement, but at such a point when they want to make certain choices, our clients want to make certain choices where they have sufficient cash flow, where if they decide they want to work less, don't want to work at all, or pursue you know something else, that they have sufficient cash flow to maintain their standard of living. So we call it financial independence planning as opposed to retirement planning, though they can be synonymous. That makes complete sense. And and you have been doing this for over 30 years for clients. Has your business or has your approach changed or have you been doing this exact same thing for this entire 30 years? No, it's been an evolution, not a revolution. So things have changed over the course of time. One thing that's very interesting about what, what I do for a living is that no two scenarios are the same. So you know, I can meet client A and they've got a problem and client B has another problem that's diametrically opposed. And, you know, the the issue is how do you get rid of the problems? So to me, every day at work is is a new experience. It's fun. It's exciting because um, I'm helping people solve potentially, you know, what may be some of their biggest problems in their life. So I I can completely see that. And and I know what you what you mean by when person A has a problem, person B has a problem, they seem to be opposites, but you address them differently based on their situation. You know, every every solution is unique to the person's situation, not necessarily, not necessarily their problem, but the situation. 
how old they are, how much money they have, what are their retirement goals, you know, all these things or, or financial independent goals, as you put it, they're very, very unique per every situation. So that's very interesting. So, so I know that you have some specific credentials that are very, uh, that are very unique within this space. Can you speak to those, not from a bragging standpoint, but just as a qualification standpoint, I think it's important that our, our listeners understand that. Sure. So back in the 1990s, I got two advanced credentials. One is a chartered financial consultant and the other is the chartered life underwriter uh, designation. And, um, you know, one makes me an expert in financial planning in general. Uh, the, the other is, is a, an estate planning designation. So preparing estate taxes and legacy planning after a client may not no longer be here, et cetera. Less than one-tenth of one percent of those professionals in investments, banking, and insurance have this combination of credentials. So I am kind of unique in the respect that I've made a real commitment to continuing education in a manner that most other professionals simply just aren't willing to make. Each of these designations take two to three years postgraduate work. Although they're not considered master's degrees, uh, they are similar in the respect that the amount of time and effort to get through the course of study is, is similar. And you mentioned continuing education. I would imagine that in order to maintain these designations, you have to continue with your educational process because, you know, the laws change so frequently. And I think the way that you apply what you know to a particular situation in consideration of the law changes would all always change. And so you have to basically continue your educational process in order to stay up to the current. Absolutely. You know, you have tax law changes, you have individual people changes. You know, as we get older, the things that we go through change. And, you know, it's very important to be well-versed on how to address these changes as they come up. And that kind of brings us to, you know, so now we have established your credentials and, and you've helped anywhere from extremely wealthy individuals, you know, maintain their wealth and, and build financial legacies all the way to, to normal. So like I would consider myself a normal individual, but normal individuals, uh, you know, get to where they, they're financially independent. And there are probably some common mistakes that, that you see people make that could be potentially extrapolated across those two you know, that, that entire gamut or that spectrum of people that you help, or, or maybe not. Maybe the, the really rich people that you help are completely different from us, us normal folks. So my question to you is, let's get into a, I don't know how many there are, maybe there are five, maybe there are four, but let's, what is a common mistake that you see people make that is just a quick win? You know, what, what should they be doing? Or just talk to me about that. So un unless you are what I would call mega wealthy, there are many, many similarities between average, regular, everyday people who go to work and come home and raise a family and you know do the best they can, and people who are very significant wage earners. But, th but there are five common threads that I see that I'd like to share with you. The first one is not saving money or not saving enough money. Okay. And that's very common among people of all socioeconomic levels. The second one is living beyond our means. So you make a nice income, you know, money that you may have thought when you were younger, you know, if you ever could get to this point, you'd have it made. And, and you got to that point and it's still a struggle. 
And you wonder how the heck could this happen? And of course, what typically happens is that most people, as their income increases, they increase their, their lifestyle. And that increased lifestyle demands additional funds in order to maintain it. So that, that would be the second one. The third that I see is credit card debt. And you know, if you're able to get credit, unfortunately, too many people abuse it. And that that is that, that that's very common in all walks of life. Which so, is obviously next with the living beyond your means one, because we often once we get credit and we have credit availability and you use that availability, you know, you're you're kind of going beyond the means, kind of getting the cart before the horse. So absolutely. And if you take it one step further, let's say that someone has maxed out their credit cards and they have an opportunity to consolidate all those cards into one loan. Very often they will do that. But you know what happens after that? They recharge the credit cards. It's exactly right. And the problem just spirals again, except now, not only do they have the credit card debt, but they have this loan consolidation or this credit card consolidation loan, excuse me, that they're now servicing. So they've increased the debt load. So it becomes just an unending spiral. So if, if, if somebody is committed to getting out of that credit card debt with such a loan, you also have to be prepared to cut up the cards or keep one for an emergency. But, but I think you get the point. So that's the third one. The fourth one is not having a plan. You know, when you go on a road trip, you usually are going to either have a map or you're going to use a GPS app on your phone to, to get to wherever you need to get to. And you know how it's going to go. You, you, you can figure out how to get there. You see it. Well, the, the same holds true with getting to and attaining financial independence. If you are where you are right now and you see financial independence in the future, but you don't have a roadmap to get there, you have no idea how you're going to get there. Yeah, when you talk to people about their particular situation, this is kind of what you're getting at. You know, you have these folks and they have a a goal, financial independence, and that goal is absolutely dependent on where they are currently. Obviously, you have different income situations that you see. You have different debt load situations that you see. You have different abilities for people to take their extra income and put it into savings. So these are literally tying these first points in that you're talking about. And that plan is absolutely dependent on all those variables you just suggested, all the way up to and including the psychological dependency on things, potentially. Having things and and how that relates to your income and your debt load and, and that type of thing. I can see with that psychology of kind of needing to pull back and having a more minimalistic view on life would be necessary potentially, depending on the situation. You know, in other words, some people need to be more minimalistic and then other people might have a little bit more freedom based on the the income that they have. Is that, I guess, uh, so the psychology is very interesting to me, you know, that it it is. And you know, what, what, what I'm very fond of saying is that hope is a great thing to have but, but hope is not a plan. And you, you can't wish and hope your way to financial independence. You've got a plan for it. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really that simple. And, and the, really the, the last one of, of my five points is not having insurance or not having sufficient insurance. So if we have two working spouses or even one who's a breadwinner, 
Is there enough life insurance on, on those or that person? Is there disability insurance on, on those or that person? Do you have sufficient health insurance? If the breadwinner or breadwinners go down, whether it's a sickness or an accident, what's going to be the source of income? You know, that's going to provide for the family. And I often hear people tell me, oh, you know, we've got it at work or whatever. And, and most people fail to recognize that work coverage, whether it's disability insurance or life insurance, is very limited in scope. And you you might get for a very small period of time, but you know, somebody who goes out on a long-term disability, they're not going to collect, you know, for, for 10 or 15 or 20 years. That just doesn't happen. And God forbid if a breadwinner should die you know, the family is potentially destitute. It happens. It happens regularly. You know, this is always something that I integrate into into our conversation is having the, the right amounts and types of insurance. And when you, is there kind of a, uh, I guess, a rule or, or maybe something to aspire to from the standpoint of how much, how much should be invested from a income standpoint into the savings part of the, the the equation to the life insurance to the disability insurance. I mean, how much of a piece of the income pie should we be thinking about devoting to that? And I know, know that's I, I hes- different to different people, but yeah, I hesitate to give you know flat figures because I don't really think that there's a you know a, a one number that that's accurate across the board. I think a lot of things depend on cash flow yep. and you know, where the current expenses are. You know, certainly we don't want to take somebody, and because we're doing all this planning for the future, we're, we're destroying their present. So, right. you know, like everything else, you have to strike a balance between, you know, money that's going towards planning and money that's going towards living right right in this moment in, in, in the today. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with your age and then factors such as that, coupled with where you want to get to from a financial independence standpoint. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are other factors, too, that, 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 that weigh in on this. What's your risk tolerance? Uh, you know, if, if your account dropped by 50 percent, 5-0, as it did in 2008 during the uh, uh, financial crisis, you know, could, could you afford to weather that storm? And not only that, but could you emotionally afford to weather that storm? So financially, you might be able to. But if you saw the balance on your statements that were reduced by 50 percent, you know, over over a twelve month period, you know, is is that going to be cause for a panic situation? Because if it is, your assets are not allocated properly, and that's something that's got to be looked at. Because most investment vehicles, you have to look at what the downside is, and you have to be able to assume the risks that are associated with it. Yeah. So you know, I've heard you talk a little bit about this. You know, depending on say, let's just say your your retirement age and you retire next year, for example, and then in that year, as well as in the next year, you have a 50% reduction in your in your portfolio size in the first years of your retirement. That's a big, big risk. In other words, that can really devastate a person's ability to continue with a comfortable retirement or financial independence. Not only does it does it adversely impact it, it will outright ruin it. Because if you, if you look at it like this, you we just use the figure of 50% in that year, not necessarily when you're retired, but 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 you stopped your earned cash flow. Right. And if that happens, you still have bills to pay. It's not like you typically 
can just leave the accounts alone and hope that they rebound over the next year or two. But you're still you're, you're compounding that problem and the misery associated with it because not only have you seen the financial markets decimate your accounts, but now you're compounding that problem by actually withdrawing money to live on, and nobody can fault you for that. But this is now a double problem because you're now taking money from the account on two different ways, one in terms of market risk and the other in terms of just normal withdrawals that you need to live on. So you know what we try to do is to mitigate those types of risk you know, to make sure that doesn't happen. So this kind of brings to or bears the question of why what you offer is so unique, uh, because, you know, with those two certifications that you hold, you're really able to look at and plan for kind of all the contingencies that present to people. You know, and I I think that's what this really boils down to is you've seen people become disabled and and not be able to earn income. You've seen people die and, and leave a family stranded. You've seen people not plan 20 years ago for their retirement in terms of their portfolio spread and, and all these things. I mean, it's really kind of complicated at the end of the day. It, yes, it's it, it, it can be. You know, I, I had somebody that came into my office just a little while ago, and um, they were they were a couple in their in their early 50s, and they had saved just a little under $100,000 for retirement purposes. There was some debt and other other issues. And they said to me, you know, Michael, you know, we'd like to retire by 60, maybe 65. How do we do it? And, you know, short of not spending anything they earn and saving every last nickel, in their case, it was not a, it was not a happy conversation. It was, you know, you're going to have to alter what time frame you're looking at. And, you know, that's part of what we do is we ground our clients in reality. We do it nicely, but it, it's not always what they want to hear. And, you know, I, I guess if there's any good news, you know, when, when you go to a doctor and you have medical tests, you know, the last thing that you want to hear is you're dying. And in, in my case, I'm never presenting news like that. So if you know you're dying, your future is very bleak. But in, in our case, there's always a way to catch up and fix things, no matter how late in the game it may be for anybody. So all is not lost. And when people plan properly, their, their, their physical well-being is dramatically improved. As you know, I'm certainly I'm talking to the doctor here, but stress kills yeah. and stress injures. And most people suffer from immense financial stress. And that takes a toll on their physical well-being. So it, what you and I are like, doing is very simpatico. Right. It seems like people don't, really have the end in mind with regard to their daily decisions when it comes to spending, you know, your first, the first four things that you mentioned were, you know, overspending, you know, too much lifestyle, not enough income, you know, all these things. And you can't marry that with financial independence at the end of the day. So they end up coming up against a wall and you may not have the best news for them. It's like, look, you're going to have to dramatically alter your lifestyle either now or in the future because you're not going to be able to earn forever. I mean, that's probably Absolutely. true. That happens, that happens a lot, doesn't it? It sure does. You know, it's it funny. Sure it happens with our health as well, because people don't, they're not mindful of the daily decisions that can be made that have a tremendous impact five, 10 years, 20 years down the road. And I would argue that there's a parallel with our financial health 
as with our physical health in the same regard. Daily decisions today that have tremendous financial impact 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Absolutely. Uh, So what does your process look like when you meet with someone? Again, you don't have the ultra wealthy, and I know that you deal with people that are ultra wealthy, you know, literally financial dynasties. But, you know, for the most part, you're probably helping normal folks. So what does that process look like? What is is step one that a person takes in order to wrap their mind around this this issue with you? First of all, yes, our bread and butter are regular working people. Uh, So, you know, this, this is not an accommodation. This is what we do. But what step one is, is that I will meet with the individual. It's kind of old school, though. In in the COVID world, it might take place over Zoom if somebody didn't feel comfortable meeting in person. But uh, what I do is I pull out my yellow legal pad, like I did 30 years ago, and I start taking notes. I ask questions about where they are right now. We'll review some of the things that they may have done, you know, to this point. We'll try to determine where where the client wants to be. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll implement a plan to get there. And then over the course of time, periodically, we're going to review that plan to make sure that we're on track. And if we're not, we amend it and we make whatever changes necessary to make sure we are going to get to where we want to be when we want to get there. So you're kind of like the financial doctor. I mean, you take the, the diagnostic information, which is a series of questions that you ask the person, you, you obviously, you know, you have a health goal somewhere in the future, and then you compromise a treatment plan, essentially, that, that gets them from point A to point B. And that's where a lot of people, they just don't take that in consideration. You know, it's like, everyone wants to be financially independent. Like, who doesn't want to be financially independent? However, you know, who wants to really put forth the effort to get there? I mean, that seems like a huge disconnect with a lot of people. You know, my dad, who worked his butt off throughout my entire childhood, used to have an expression. And his expression was that successful people are willing to do the things that unsuccessful people won't do. And if you want to be successful at financial independence, you're going to do those things that it takes to get there. And it really is that simple. So the plan is simple. Granted, the execution is not so much. Right. And it's my job to help in the execution of that plan. So, I mean, look, I've been around a day or two and I recognize that it takes great self-control and great motivation to save on a monthly basis and, you know, watch your money grow and adjust those, those savings over a period of years, potentially decades. And very often people, if left to their own devices, just won't won't make that commitment because it's very, very hard. I won't necessarily hold their feet to the fire, but I'm going to be there with them, you know, coaching them on and cheering for them. And, and I think very often that that's the difference maker is, you know, having a professional in your corner that's going to get into the foxhole with you to help see you through. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Well, I think this has been uh, super, super informative. You know, a lot of the patients that I speak with, I feel like they don't, they haven't really considered the future. And, you know, what, there's probably not an age group that you prefer. I'm I'm sure you love talking with, you know, younger folks, which it's a little bit easier to get into that financial, that end result, as opposed to the the couple that you mentioned here, where they're 
they want a financial independence within 10 years, but they haven't really saved that much and there's some debt involved. I mean, that's probably the, the other end of the spectrum. So I would imagine that, you know, you're open to talking with anyone who wants to have the conversation regarding how they can get to their financial independence and they need someone to put them onto that plan. So you work with, with anyone, right? I will work with people of, of all ages, of all economic backgrounds. Unlike many uh, advisors, we don't put a minimum asset limit on, on the client that we'll work with. And, and frankly, I, I think at this point, you know, I've been so fortunate that it's it's my obligation to help people who need it. So, I, I mean, if we're really, you know, just having the rubber meet the road, the only criteria that I'm going to uh, establish is that it's got to be good people. I, I don't want to work with people who just aren't nice. And it's it's really that simple. Yeah, makes complete sense. Well, how can people find you, get in touch with you, engage you? Uh, where, where do they go to, to learn more about you and what you have to offer? Well, I'm certainly uh, available through my website. My uh, website is www.gerstmanfinancial.com. And I'll spell that for you. It's G-E-R-S like Sam, T like Tom, M-A-N, gerstmanfinancial.com. Awesome. And, and on my website, uh, there is a link if somebody wants to schedule a call just as a preliminary. Uh, it's a courtesy call. There's no charges involved with it or anything like that. And we're happy just to, to chat a little bit, get to know uh, the individual and see what's on their mind. And, um, you know, that's it's, it's very, very simple. Yeah, and these days with the technology, we're doing this over Zoom. Uh, everyone in 2020 now knows what Zoom is, and it's really easy to use, and, and you can have a face-to-face -face meeting in most cases. And you serve people in multiple states. I know Texas. I believe you said Florida as well. Uh, so I'm licensed all over the country. If 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 you know somebody is is serious about you know moving forward, if we're not licensed in that state, it's it's easy to to, to get licensed. It takes about a week. So oh. it's 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 really not that big a deal. And you know, I, I have the continuing education requirements in place uh, to practice in any state. But I believe that, that that we're licensed in 15 or 20 states right now. And, you know, we can get licensed anywhere that we need to be. Fantastic. Well, this was a great conversation. I love having experts in, in fields uh, coming on and providing value to our patient base. Uh, you know, again, folks, being healthy is not just about your physical health. It's your financial health as well. You have to reduce your stress and, and reduce stress can have a tremendous impact on your long-term uh, longevity and, and the ability to, to stay with us uh, longer, you know, live on the earth longer. So I think uh, this has been incredible insight with Mr. Gersman here. And with that, again, thank you, Michael, for spending this time with us. And hopefully some folks will reach out and uh, get to know you a little bit better and how you can help them. Well, thanks for having me, Robert, and, I, and I'm really happy to help. Awesome. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Peak Performance Podcast with Dr. Robert Barton. Visit Peak Performance Spine and Sports Medicine at peakclinics.com. That's peakclinics.com. Thanks again for listening. 